The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deeg speaking. Hello and welcome to Fofop. My name is Charlie Clawson and my guest this week, this is weird to say, is guest Charlie number one, Dave Anthony. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. What uh, happened in this situation? It's a fight, it's a fight for dominance, I think. Is it's it, a battle. Well, is it more like an open relationship? Like Will and I have just said, look, we can see, you can pod with whoever you want. Just don't bring that person into our podcast. You know what I mean? But now I've maybe crossed the line because I think when you have an open relationship, there are some rules around don't hook up with the same person. Like just keep those worlds separate. Yeah. This is a little polyamorous now. Yeah. It's getting into a weirder sort of, yeah. Well, it's when one of us starts wanting emotional support from you, that's when it's going to get weird. Right now, it's just come on the show, give us some laughs, you know, just be the highlights package. But as soon as it gets anything any deeper- then this indecent yeah. proposal is no longer worth it. Well, then you're more, and then it's more of a Mormon marriage situation. Yeah. Do you know any Mormons? Uh, yeah, I know a couple of Mormons. Generally uh, super you know. polite, nice people, right? <laughs> yes. Like on the surface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, they're they're totally nice. They, they just, what they believe in is just, you know, batshit crazy. Like all religions. I mean, honestly, sorry. I know you're... Yeah, well, a yeah. deeply a deeply devoted catholic yeah. <laughs> clearly <laughs> clearly clearly deeply devoted catholic who uh has broken pretty much uh all the seven deadly sins um <laughs> i was actually thinking about that the other day because I, I when i was a kid yes definitely irish catholic family went to mass every day uh, every day every sunday was an altar boy we used to do the rosary. Like, I don't know if you ever did that where, wow. you know, on a Thursday night we'd go around to a neighbor's place and we'd all do like the rosary. And then I have fallen so far from where I was, my standing in the eyes of the Lord, that I was sitting on the beach yesterday, yeah. surrounded by probably sinners, I'd say definitely like so there would be sure. some heathens and sodomites amongst the group of people I saw at the beach yesterday. Definitely a lot of flesh being yeah. shown. Not a lot of respect it's for Australia. the Lord. And yeah, I, it's just filthy people. And I could, and I was like, I wonder how many prayers I can remember off the top of my head because I used to just be able to spit out like, "Hail oh. Queen, Mother of Mercy, Hail Life, Our Sweetness, and Our Hope." You do cry for banished children of Eve. You we send up besides morning weeping's valley of tears. And Dave, oh my God, I couldn't. That's about as far as I got through Hail Mary Queen. Then I was like, Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, holy be thy Okay. Then I got to Hail Mary. I couldn't fucking remember the Hail Mary. Do you know how it goes? I can't remember. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord yeah. is with you. Blessed is the womb. No, blessed is, blessed is the fruit of your womb. <laughs> it's crazy oh that God, I can't you're... remember that because that was such a part of yeah. my upbringing. You're like, going to hell. I am I. Well, the great thing yeah. about being a Catholic, what we're told, maybe it's Christian, but definitely I was told that if you repent on your deathbed, it's fine. Just say you're sorry. So, the... uh, absolute bullshit. Really. <laughs> You're definitely going to hell. That absolutely not happening. It's not like a pardon. There's no last minute. <laughs> I was so mad because I found out that my um, 
my crazy religious uncle converted my grandmother on her death deathbed you know lifelong not religious person and then he scared the shit out of her when she was dying and i was like fuck you dude you asshole what was the conversion process i don't know i don't know exactly what happened he told me that though and i was just like what the fuck i think uh that's bullshit i think he sold your grandmother a like a fake i don't know that you can i don't unless you're an ordained minister and even then i'm sure i'm sure he brought in an ordained minister oh, right. i'm sure he did he might actually he might actually be one right so i don't yeah, really quite he might be one because i always thought that there was a process to there is there are seven sacraments right so you're baptized at birth then there's like first confession first communion marriage or becoming a priest there's a whole bunch of things you're meant to do yeah but that to get that's your, catholic if you're christian i think you just you know to say i'm splash christian. some water on your head and say yeah i believe in jesus i think oh, so i don't think there's a right so it's like a, a baptist a kind thing. of thing where you just go to the water and dunk your head which i've always thought is a fairly aggressive way of converting people to waterboard, <laughs> to waterboard them. i mean the best the best way to do it is to dunk them down and then and then make them fight their way up to show how much they love jesus <laughs> i mean it's really i understand there's like some hist historical like uh precedent for that but it's also just a pain in the ass like i think for most catholics yeah, no. going to a church on a sunday was convenient it was generally in a metropolitan area there was you know parking and stuff if you're telling me i have to go to a river like you know i'm gonna have to wear like or outdoor shoes and, and what clothes you are you gonna find wear? a pond well, you usually just wear something white so yeah, that people can see through. your boobs. <laughs> yeah, because that's what you want. You want baptism and titties. <laughs> it's like that's the Bible right. says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bible's all it was a, a a lot of it's a wet t-shirt contest. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's what it's lacking. I mean, I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet. Like in this era of kind of reboots and reimaginings and stuff, why aren't they souping up the Bible? Like, why not bring in like a Michael Bay or someone to just soup up the Bible? And Let's have more explosions, more titties. I totally agree. There should be a lot more, a lot more titties. <laughs> I would actually just have a whole new chapter. I'm going to call them chapters. A whole new chapter just called titties. <laughs> well, listen, the Gospels were written way after the death of Jesus. I mean, there's... And the, the, um, the final chapter, the big one that everyone loves, that came 400 years later. The, the what's the one that everyone loves <laughs> is that the, the revelations all oh, right I, is that right revelations came 400 years yeah yeah that was some guy like alone on an island and he came up with all that shit like that that's like a whole different animal really i thought revelations was old yeah. testament because it was all you know fire and brimstone all the kind of heavy you know wrathful god is uh, is old testament but this is not right i could be totally wrong but that is what i i was told at one point uh but I could absolutely be wrong. I'm gonna I, I, I like to be wrong. Uh, but I do think the gospel of titties <laughs> has been <laughs> When was Yeah, I mean the gospel of titties written? is the way to go. <laughs> when was Revelations written? I once I once told a, a Christian that I was working with and she was like a born again Christian. I go, you know it was written a hundred years. The Bible was written I was all written a hundred years after jesus died she was like what yeah he's like how how do you not know that yeah it says here the book of revelations is commonly dated to about ad 95 so 100 years after he died which is kind of weird isn't it 
that you would take it like you had well, this one one guy who was all like, hey, man, like all are welcome into the kingdom of heaven and, you know, treat each other as you treat yourselves and blah, blah, blah. And then 100 years later, it's like, you know what, let's fucking locusts and plagues and boiling seas and blood raining yeah. from the sky. Oh, yeah. The guy was just crazy. He was <laughs> just a crazy guy who, who just he took some bad acid. He's on an island alone. He fucking banged that out. And now everyone's like, oh, it's real. I mean, it fits in with the theme. It's like it's like a nice ending sort of thing. Yeah, you're right. It's a good yeah. You want to strong- have a little bit of fear. You want a strong ending. And it is definitely yeah. a strong ending. I mean, I remember there was a film in the eighties. Do you remember? I think it was called The Seventh Seal with Demi Moore. Where it's all I about- never saw it, but yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. But I remember as a young Catholic watching it with my mother and, you know, some of my older siblings and it being very disturbing <laughs> because it was the idea. Really? Well, yeah, there's just certain, certain horror films. I mean, you in retrospect, you feel like such a dick. Like, how could I believe that? But like the exorcist felt scarier as a Catholic because it felt like, well, you're, uh, yeah. you're taught that I this stuff that. is kind of like real. And we actually knew priests yeah. who had performed exorcisms, which is, crazy i remember there was one priest who would come around i think we may have even talked about this before you and i but there was a priest who who came around for dinner i can't remember his name but he'd had a nervous breakdown and he was very kind of like twitchy and apparently what had happened is he'd been in africa for months and had like conducted an exorcism or been part of an exorcism and of course like my older siblings were fascinated and like they just wanted to ask him questions about you know this is the early yeah. 80s the, and it was just freaking you out yeah and and he would just be like I can't, he used to say something along the lines of like you know you you live and die by the cross you live and die by the cross that's the only thing he would mumble when questioned but in retrospect like what poor mentally ill person in the african continent right. was subjected to some kind of some voodoo crap? it was some poor it was some poor some poor guy who had tourette's and then all of a sudden, there's this crazy Australian pr- pr- priest <laughs> flicking water, water on him and, and, <laughs> and talking in Latin. And he's like, what the fuck, man? I mean, it is amazing, too. Like, I go, I often jump onto YouTube and we'll just sort of like Google. I'm always waiting for someone to post a real video of a ghost or a real video of like, you know, levitation or something like that. I haven't seen it yet, Dave. A lot of fakes out there. But it is yeah, amazing. Yeah, it turns out that YouTube, YouTube isn't the place to go. <laughs> well, I just figured that would be the place to put it. Or even better, like if you were a government agency trying to hide the fact is you just sort of flood that channel or, you know, that page with a bunch of other really fake looking ones. So it looks fake by comparison. Sure. sure. But I still, yeah, yeah. I, I, they have not been able to successfully, like they'll doctor like ghosts and stuff. That's all looks fairly convincing, but I'm yet to see like a levitating possessed person. And that's, that's all I want to see on YouTube. So, someone create that fake image. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this happens for you. <laughs> I, I don't see it ever happening, but, uh, you know, I'm praying for you. Thank this you. is a, this, at least you have a dream. I do. My, I, I do have a, a kind of, I'm just, when I was a kid, I was so obsessed with the supernatural, you know, like most kids. And then you get older and you realize it doesn't exist. And then the internet comes along and completely ruins. Like, what was that show that probably more, was it In Search Of? Was, the, was that the Leonard Nimoy one? Yeah. Where in they showed of, yeah. the, the Bigfoot footage and Loch Ness. And I remember yeah. seeing that as a kid and being like, this is incredible. 
Like this is the world yeah. that is out there. Like when I'm old enough, I'm going to be a ghost hunter. When I'm old enough, I'm going to go to Scotland and punch <laughs> Nessie right in the goddamn face. Find Nessie. And then the You internet- know, my son, yeah, the internet, you're right. It's totally Killed fucked it all mystery. up. You know, they drop sonars well, my- into, the, into Loch Ness and they're like, yeah. there's nothing down there. And you're like, don't yeah. fuck, come on. Like- <laughs> well, my son came in the other day and, and he was watching some YouTube channel and he goes, so these guys went into the conjuring house and they spent the night and then shows me a video of these guys. And they did, they're in the house and spent the night. They're pretending like they're hearing noises and they're doing all this thing. And, and he's like, I mean, it's crazy, right? Like the demons. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, yeah. And then after a point he goes, do you, do you, do you believe this? And I was like, I gotta say, there's some things that are a little red flaggy for me. And he goes, like what? I go, like what? I go, they're so calm. They are Finn, if there was a demon in a hole under the under the the chair you're sitting on, you would you be freaked out? He's like, Yeah. I go, look at them, they're like laughing. <laughs> well, disaffected so, millennials, though, maybe. <laughs> but I do think there are people on YouTube who are kind of trying to keep that the yeah. spirit alive of like while there's the guys who are debunking everything and being like, look, Nessie doesn't exist. There's also people who are out there like trying to fake it and keep the thing going. You're right. I mean, it's not like conspiracy theories have diminished in any regard. If anything, they've caught, <laughs> they've caught fire. So maybe we've just, re- I mean, we've replaced one myth, one mythology with another. Like, Although I guess that like the QAnon stuff isn't so much mystical. It's just more conspiratorial secret society. There's always been secret it's society. It's more, uh, well, Q's um, based on the, oh God, what's it called? The Elders of Zion, which is the thing from the 1600s that eventually led to Nazism. Like it's, it's what Q is. It's got its roots in the same thing. Um, so that's a really old school sort of. Jews eating babies uh, theme. Yeah, right. And so someone has just dusted that off and given like a modern take and added celebrities to it. Yes, that's right. And added and added Hillary Clinton. That's great. Well, it is amazing. I can remember the first few times I came to the States, the one, especially being in LA, the one thing that really struck me, you know, especially coming from Australia was the power of celebrity. Like everywhere you go- oh, God is a recognizable face on a billboard selling you something, doing a radio show. It's everywhere. And it's like, cause we don't really have that level of fame or celebrity in Australia. There's, you know, we don't have movie stars and TV stars on, on, on every corner. And then I remember saying to Will like early on in TOEFOP, like imagine if someone weaponized celebrity, like, you know, imagine if they're able to twist it because it's so widespread. And then, you know, reality TV comes along and, and that's what's, yep. And that feels like that's what's happened, you know? Like you've that's what happened. We've sort of yeah. using celebrities as sort of trusted news sources now or using them as subjects of conspiracy. And because it's so pervasive, isn't it? It's everywhere in society. It's on social media now, it's in the news, it's everywhere. Well, nobody in we've been told for 50 years not to believe in government. So they switched over to <laughs> celebrities. And I mean, it's the same thing the Democrats do. They're, it's not politics that they're doing they're doing celebrity worship yeah it's really bizarre it's just crazy to watch you're just like what about the policies and stuff and they're like no that person's awesome and you're like okay so I guess. is it is it celebrity worship or cult of personality it's more like this person is representative of 
you know, he, he, really was, he was Obama's best mate, so we can make him president. Uh, yeah, I mean, Obama's best. Yeah, that's exactly part of it. They just they they have really they really desire celebrities, and it's really sort of weird to watch. It's it's definitely celebrity. Well, have you watched any of Young Rock, the Rock's you know sitcom? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh yeah, right. So he has this sitcom, and uh, it's actually filmed in Australia. It's funny actually. I was in What's Britain. it on? What? Um, what is it like on a regular um, network? No, or is yeah, it major like a... major network, like free to air network. Major network. Okay. Um, but when I was in Brisbane last year, um, Gem and I were up there doing some work, and we're staying in this hotel, and just these enormous bodybuilders were just in this hotel. I kept seeing in the elevator and in the lobby and stuff, and there was one guy who looked exactly like the Iron Sheik, like he was enormous, oh my he had the God. curly whirly mustache and the bald head. And I say filming it. And I say you probably this doesn't mean anything to you, but that guy looks exactly like the Iron Sheik. And then I find out, you know, they're filming The Young Rock, which is a, so it's set, <laughs> it takes place over three kind of time periods, and one of them is the eighties in the in the wrestling when his dad was part of the WWE. Uh-huh. And so you've got all these wow. like, bodybuilders slash actors playing playing wrestlers. But the premise of the series is that it's in the future. It's like twenty thirty, and The Rock is campaigning for president. And so the kind wow. of connective tissue with all the episodes and jumping around the time periods is The Rock telling stories about his life in order to illustrate why he'd be a good president. And at first I was watching it and I was like, oh, isn't that funny, self-aware? Like he's aware of the discussion around him being president. And But then as the series goes on, it gets more earnest. And there's literally, I think yes. it's like episode four or something, where he delivers this speech to camera where it's like, you know, this is what makes America great and this is how we get out of, you know, the trouble we're in, blah, blah, blah. And it finishes with, I'm Dwayne Johnson and I endorse this message. And I'm like, holy fuck, I think this is. Like, I think this is he's a campaign. Abso- he's absolutely going to run for president. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. And he'll win. No, absolutely win. I might vote for him. I mean, over the fucking shit that we have. <laughs> but if it's, look. At least he seems, I don't. I don't. I probably won't believe in the stuff that he believes in, but at least he seems somewhat intelligent and earnest, and not just a. a I. I don't think he. I think that he's unbuyable, which is the problem with our politicians. They're all just totally purchased. Mm. I think that's. I would. I would absolutely vote for him. I think that the Democrats don't have one candidate that is a decent candidate. And, and obviously the Republicans are fascists, so. Well, it's funny. He, you write about the, the earnestness. Like he does, I've seen him interviewed a few times now and he really, like it's almost childlike in the way he will answer questions. Like you see him, he does that active listening thing where he really gives the person, no matter uh-huh. if it's like E! News or whatever, how lame the, the red carpet question is. Like he gives that person his full attention and really commits yeah. to a thoughtful answer, no matter how a name it is. And I, 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 I just wonder, like, I agree that, you know, he has, he can't be bought and he has certain beliefs, but then I think about, well, he came up through the WWE with Vince McMahon as a role model. Well, hold on. What? Do you need money? It's on the table. Yeah, thank you. Yep. I 100% knew. Started recording. I tried to tell him, don't bother me. And he wasn't listening to me. And I said, the money's on the table because he's going out with some friends. Yeah. And I knew, even though I have a sign on the door that says recording, he's 12. So he ignores everything that happened. 
And he walks in and he goes, can I get some money? And I'm like, yeah, no, I put it on the table for you. I like it. It was like a very married with children moment. <laughs> you, you felt very <laughs> Al Bundy. <laughs> oh, so funny. Okay. What were you saying? We're talking about the rock. I was just saying that like, you know, his, his earnestness, I agree with, but then I think about like, you know, he's, I think about Vince McMahon and the influence that maybe Vince McMahon had oh, on him. Oh, come on. Come on. What? Do you think so? Come on. That just sounds horrible. I don't think that horrible. had a lasting impact on him. The guy that he had his first success with, the guy who is, keeps going back to that company because he respects the business and respects him so much. You don't think that there is- I mean, is Vince McMahon a- is, is a complete madman. Yeah. You don't think- Like, he- uh, he's a lunatic. <laughs> I don't- I don't know. I mean, maybe. I hope not. Uh, look, you can't talk me out of it. I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. You're right. So, who's, <laughs> so who's his running mate? Is it Stone Cold? <laughs> oh my God! Yes. <laughs> well, that would be a great way, actually, because what the Democrats missed out on is that middle ground of scooping those undecideds. If you want those kind of like red state voters, if you can get. Steve Austin to run with The Rock, then it's a shoe in. I wonder what, yeah, I mean, those two together would absolutely win the presidency. <laughs> it would be, uh, it would, it wouldn't be, it might be the biggest margin of victory in the history of the United States. Like, it would just be insane. And I just would I love, could totally see. I just I love totally to see, see them at like future global summits, <laughs> like these two enormous. <laughs> Muscle bound, like a US envoy. It's just like they can actually throw you through a table. I mean, the negotiations just like take on a different energy, then, don't they? You've got a guy who can literally throw you across the boardroom. Just picking up Boris Johnson and tossing him. Oh, I w- yeah. Let's do it. This is also, it's the perfect American president, like a wrestler. It, we, we did Trump, who was really the ultimate sort of reality. American president that could have ever been reality television, mm. rich idiot asshole wrestler is just absolutely perfect. And once this. again, idiocracy just proves like how accurate they were. They, they said 3000 years into the future. Then little did Mike judge. know <laughs> it was only going to be 20 years. <laughs> and I think I remember yeah, seeing you tweet uh... something about the fact that idiocracy, they just didn't go hard enough. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 this is so much dumber than idiocracy. <laughs> the reality is so much dumber. You're just like, oh god, I can't believe how fucking stupid. Every single that every single thing that happens, you just go, I can't believe how dumb everything is. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, all of it. I mean, it's not just America. Like even with this sort of the pandemic response in Australia. Like I would have thought the one thing, and maybe movies have lied to us, but when there is like a public health crisis. When there is like a global event in which, you know, we need to unify and get together climate change, the pandemic, and you have experts in the field saying, here is the plan of action. Mm. I would have thought that the world rallies together and puts differences aside. (laughs) But it's amazing how it just gets like, like climate change has been politicized and now the pandemic has been politicized. Like it now, you know, it has become this, even like, politics aside even amongst like friendship groups like even you know talking to friends of mine i'm like am i what crazy world am i in now <laughs> like where people that you you know know on facebook or whatever are epidemiologists and you know suddenly are experts in kind of you know uh, the dark money of the pharmaceutical <laughs> industry it's crazy. yeah oh that's the best one 
That's that one's just amazing to me. Uh, no, the, do you take any drugs at all? <laughs> or no, no, you don't take any drugs at all. So you you either take you either take vaccines and stuff, and it's from pharmaceutical companies. Or if you don't take it because you're worried about the pharmaceutical companies, then then you should never take any drug ever, ever. Don't use sunscreen, right? Don't use sunscreen. Yeah. Sunscreen was developed Don't any anything by scientists. Yeah. And no Advil for you. <laughs> like it's just so fucking. It's just the craziest thing. Yeah. But they, I mean, they just latch on to anything. Like, oh, I found a thing that'll make me. Because I see them all the time. Because I'll post shit on Instagram, and then I, they just come out of the woodwork. And so, what know, do you start. turn your mentions off? No, I I read them. It's not as bad as like Twitter. It's a little more relaxed. I can just. I just block people if I think they're, you know, an idiot. So they're not there anymore, but it's, it's not as bad as the other social media places. Where I've uh, moved to uh, in the Northern rivers, there's quite a strong anti-vax sort of new age sentiment. Oh yeah. Those ones. And while, yeah, yeah. And while I was away, um, I've, I've joined a few community forums, like on Facebook and stuff, just my local area and stuff like that. And for a bit of entertainment in an evening, maybe it was a bit of a slow evening, I would just log onto Facebook and I'd just go to the community forum. Yeah. And no matter what the post was, someone might just be saying, hey, I'm selling a couple of bikes, uh, you know, PM me for the details. Within three comments, there's an argument <laughs> about vaccine mandates. <laughs> but it was funny because I was going through the comments and um, the mayor of this area, he has to sort of tread a fine line because obviously – you know, there is the, the public health uh, initiative and he has to sort of like sell the message of the public health, but he's also wants to keep his job. And so he's trying to placate, yeah. you know, the kind of more anti-vax. And so some guy, some anti-vaxxer posted this huge long post sort of saying, you know, this is why it's flawed and this is why it'll cause this. And this is why, and it was like a really long post. So the mayor reposted it and said, look, I'm posting this without comment, but I have forwarded your, your post to an epidemiologist see the you know his responses below and so this epidemiologist who's like i think a nobel prize nominated <laughs> epidemiologist yeah, yeah. just went through uh, point, uh, an expert we'll call yeah, him an expert well an expert went through sort of point by point and saying okay i can see why you think that but here's the real thing you know and just and it was not aggressive just very sort of like practically and clinically just ticked off each of these points and what well, well, we would call a discussion. A discussion, yeah. But the, yes, the uh, firestorm, yeah. it kicked off in the comments. Like, I think there was 700 <laughs> comments under this post. <laughs> and it was like allegations of, you know, bought and paid for by Big Pharma and, you know, what is a Nobel Prize anyway? <laughs> but there was one, I recognized one of the names. Like, one of the names is this girl that. Will um, Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. W. Anderson. <laughs> Was this this girl that I um, we hired this actress for a shoot we'd done about like ten years ago, and she's now obviously deep in the in in the the the, the conspiracy rabbit hole, and she posted this video of like this is what the vaccine does to people, and she posted this clearly fake video oh, of the, an English the woman, shaking ones, yeah, where she's twitching, and it's oh, like, I love the shit, and they're so clearly fake. That, I mean, look, so I'm an actor, not a good actor, but I'm an actor, and uh, I know yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. as a bad actor, I recognize bad acting, and that's some fucking <laughs> bad acting. And so she posted this video, and people were responding saying, "Well, look, that's that's clearly fake," and even. Uh, you know, if this woman has a genuine, you don't know where it's come from. Like if it's real, it might be unrelated to the vaccine. 
And this girl, right. like it was such a fascinating study of psychology because she was, the, the people in the comments below were trying to say to her, source your information, find out where it's come from before you just accept that someone's posted this saying, this is what the vaccine does. But she just kept saying, no, I believe her. I believe this. I believe it. And that was... <laughs> Like it was, you just sort of realized you're in a hiding to nothing because <sighs> it, in her mind, belief is as powerful as, as fact, you know, that she has right. chosen that this is the reality. And she's obviously got some cognitive bias where she's like, I don't like vaccines. And so I'm going to look for something that reaffirms yes. my fear. And I found this video, even though it was the fakest shit you've ever seen. Oh, it's, I've seen those videos. As a matter of fact, I watched a ton of them. There was uh, there's the greatest thing that happened here was one of those shaker people, you know, did a video and said that this has been going on for, you know, three weeks since I got the vaccine and a reporter tracked her down and she's walking into work <laughs> and he stops her in the parking lot. It's like a mall. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And just starts talking to her. And she you can tell she she's like deer in the head, like like oh i didn't think this would happen and and she's and every once in a while she'll do like a little a little shake <laughs> while, while she's clearly totally normal and she'll be like bah, 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 bah. and then he'll be like what was that and she's like oh, nothing i just like it was so fucking amazing to watch just totally totally burned i would love and, i would uh, love them i would i'll try to find it i'll try you know to find it would be it's really incredible is like if you turn up to her and you say i'm a producer from a tv show like a hundred percent you know i back you i agree with this i want to make a reality series about you and all the other shaker <laughs> people out there uh, we'll pay you $150,000. We're going to do six episodes. And so just force her into a situation in which she has to be constantly shaking for the next six months. <laughs> we'll call it shaker people. We'll call it shake and bake. It's about. Oh, that'd be so great. It's about, do, like a, do like a six hour straight shoot with her. So yeah. She just has to she, shake. Just nonstop. <laughs> yeah. We just want to spend the day with you. We're going to be rolling. The, ca the cameras are going to be rolling the whole time. Yeah. The whole time. We don't want to miss any of this. So. Never stops. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? We're going to put cameras up in your house. So we can, uh, 24 7, we can watch you and see how you're shaking. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. We have to do that. Oh, I think that's a brilliant yeah. idea. We sh the sh shake it. Shake a height. Shake it. Shake and bake. We can call it the shakers. <laughs> shake. I just like shakers. Shakers, shakers. is. Yeah. Shakers yeah. is good. Keep it simple. Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's the whole vaccine thing is a is a real bummer. It was hard. It was sad to watch you guys because here in America, we we uh, we have so many fucking dumb people. Like it's <laughs> it's like it's what we it's like what we make. It's like we're a factory of just fucking idiots. Yeah. And so you a little ways in, I, I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't like a virus. This is literally just dumb people. It's dumb people that are killing us because. And of course, you know, our capitalist system that makes people go to work. But mm. um, there's definitely a, just a giant swath of just idiots who just don't want to listen to the basic science. And and it's incredible. And and you realize like, oh, that's what a that's what a pandemic is. It's it's the people who know what to do and how to do it. And then it's the people like, I don't fucking care, but, you know, and, and it's not real and all that shit. And then th that's where it takes off. Yeah. I think in Australia, it's still very much 
a vocal minority. Like we're heading towards 80% vaccination across the whole country. And even in my area, it's 80% first dose, which, and you know, I'm in the heartland of kind of anti-vax mm-hmm. territory. But they're very vocal and they get amplified by Murdoch. I think that is the major problem in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, probably for the States as well, really, is just the Murdoch papers yeah. just have too much of a say. And it's funny because it, it's now become like an open secret. Like everyone is aware of the Murdoch manipulation and you just know how the headlines are going to go based on one uh-huh. news story or another. And for the Liberal Party in Australia, it's just total protection racket. Like Scott Morrison has been shielded from any script. For the most incompetent prime minister we have had in recent memory, even worse than Tony Abbott. And that that's saying something. Is he really? Yeah, he's terrible. He's terrible and so ineffective yeah. and takes zero responsibility. It's just, it's he's so embarrassing. In, in, a, in a time from bushfires to the pandemic when we needed strong leadership, decisive action, to have such a, like yeah. a mealy mouth, ineffective, responsibility ducking kind of wet blanket. It's, he was voted in on the, uh, on Australia's, inbuilt conservatism we like to sort of sell this image that we're all kind of like these laid back you know larrikins but you know in our heart we're actually quite a conservative country you know we weed still illegal here and you know we're very conservative socially and so he just played into that he was just your daggy dad and and i think what people are realizing now is well that might win an election but then when daggy dad has to actually be a leader and have some conviction it's just it's terrible and then the the labor party bit like the Democrats, uh, their whole strategy at Piers going into the next election is just shut the fuck up. Don't say anything. Let's yeah, see if you can lose it. And it's like, no, can you just please offer, not. like if you offered some alternative offer policies, which polling, you know, like climate change, people want action on that, like 70%, like all these, all these social issues in which the polling is like through the roof. And Labor are just like, no, no, we're just, we're not going to scare off the coal lobby and we're not going to, we're just going to be, keep it quiet. <laughs> like Anthony Albanese, who I'm sure is a, a lovely guy, who's the leader of the opposition. Like if you had a bot sending out tweets, it, they would be more kind of cutting and incisive. They're the most generic, uh, like yeah. who gives a shit tweets? Like Australia deserves better leadership. Yeah, fuck, we know. <laughs> Offer a twist. <laughs> so what would that be? What would you do? Give us an example. I mean, there's. I think there's a reason conservatives have had power in Australia the bulk of the time in the last 20 years. And it's just like they just know how to, to mobilize. And, and the Labor Party here, they when they briefly had power, they just infighting, just way too much infighting. And it all just fell apart. And I just, I don't know. I don't see, I think everyone is very kind of pessimistic about the chance for change because... In the end, they'll run some scare tactics about some tax that'll affect rich people's right. bottom line. And, That's right. And, and then, you know, everyone wants to own a house and, in Australia. And, yeah. I mean, y- you guys have the same problem. Uh, do, you guys, uh, um, do you guys have the same situation where they can just give tons of money to to candidates? Yes. Like just yeah. gobs of money? Yeah. So that that's the problem because what it comes down to is that Fossil fuel companies have to continually pick and back more and more reality-denying, unhinged people to continue their dominance. Mm. And, you know, they dump money into, you know, how much money do they spend advertising 
and Murdoch's companies. Like they dump money into that. Yeah. And so they're completely distorting the reality and they're totally they're they're making everything go crazy because they have to or else they it, the reality is, is that most people want action. So the candidates they choose are more and more fucking nuts. Well, they don't I mean, they don't even really have to worry about that because the, the Liberal Party only have a slim majority. And so. They're, the nationals are the minority party that have like the balance of power. And so the Liberal Party are in bed with them. And the nationals, who used to be the party of farmers and working people, are now the, are now the party of fossil fuels. That's all they protect is, is mining companies. But, and but so, so it's like, so is Morrison. I mean, that's all coal yeah, guy yeah, bullshit. Yeah he's, yeah, he's the guy who brought coal into parliament and said we didn't need yeah. to be afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah, just yeah. Like, that's, and that's how you do it. That's how you show you walk around with it in your hand. That's yeah. how you know it's okay. I mean, I wonder like how far he goes with that call. Like how intimate do you get with the call to show? Him <laughs> he he just lays down naked and just rubs it all over his body. Yeah. It's like American so pie comes out, but with a lump of coal. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Jenny comes in found it. He's drilled a hole in the coal. <laughs> She's like, what are you oh, doing? He puts, a little, he puts a little bit in his ass. Like, well, the other thing know. about Scott too is he's um, a fundamentalist Christian. Did you know that? Like he's part of Hillsong. <sighs> well, that's the other problem is that they've combined those people have all merged those crazy businessy assholes and the fucking religion. I mean, that's who's sending America off the edge is the f- fucking evangelicals. Like mm. they're, they believe in Q because they they've always believed in crazy, yeah, mystical ideas. That they you know, of course, they jump onto Q. It was it was weird though, isn't it? The way that they could compartmentalize their moralizing when Trump was president, because like for like or hate Obama, he was a clean skin. Like there was ve- there was no photos of him. You know, there was a, what an admission of smoking dope or doing coke or, or something like that, but. Very little on that moral standpoint that you could nail him on. And then you have like Donald Trump, who's just <laughs> like cartoonishly amoral. And yet to have these fundamentalists yeah. be like, oh no, he is, uh, he's been chosen by God. It's like, well, has God lowered his standards in the last few years? Like, what's going on here? I wish I could remember the name of the king, but it's based on, I think, a Persian king, like some sort of guy way back in the fucking day who helped out the Christians and um, wasn't himself a Christian. Right. So they actually started, they started pushing for Trump to be president about two and a half years before he ran. And it was a bunch of evangelicals. They had decided that he was like the next coming of this King guy. Wow. And so by the time he started running, it had already spread through all the churches and all the you know places in America. It really bizarre shit. So because we, they see him as they see him as like he's not he's not a Christian, but he will he will get us the power and he will he will help us out. So they don't care that he is a total fucking degenerate right? because he's at the end of the day, going to stop abortion, going to do all the stuff they want. Yeah. And I think that is, um, that's in the gospel of John, right? <laughs> and yay, <laughs> let the filthy degenerate do whatever he wants with porn stars or hush. And money. then the scumbag came. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is it, the, there was that great clip 
that is one of the the best comedy skits I think you'll ever see where uh, Donald Trump being interviewed by that news crew about the Bible and it's what's your favorite part of the Bible. Oh, it is like so, the most brilliant so sketch you've ever seen. Like Larry David couldn't do something that good where he's just like, oh, you know, yeah. all of it. <laughs> I like all of it. <laughs> yeah, all of it. <laughs> it's, it's so great. And the journalist just very passively, aggressively not letting go. But, but which part? Are you more a New Testament, Old Testament? Oh, I like a bit of the new, bit of the old. <laughs> It's so, it's so fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. Do you think he'll come back? No. No, I don't think he. Passed. I don't think his ego can chance losing again. I and then there's, uh, but there's but, little glimpses of the Republicans being like, we need somebody else. Well, I remember you saying online. Uh, you tweeted or you wrote online that, you know, if the Democrats keep following this path, what we're going to get is competent Donald Trump next. Like that was uh -huh. just, yeah. that was just a, the testing ground they broke through, saw what they could get away with. Now you just yep. install the same priorities, but in someone who's a shrewd operator and doesn't fuck around. And that's what you'll get in phase two. Yeah, that's phase two. And then you're just fucked. And, so and that's coming because the de the Democrats aren't doing anything. So it's... So is there anyone on the left, like apart from Bernie Sanders, like if you had to sort of pick who is the uh, left's equivalent of Donald Trump, who is the kind of disruptor, is there anyone coming through who's likely to garner that much popular, popular support? No, because the, the, the Democrats destroy anybody who, who comes up from the left. Like Bernie. Like Bernie. Yeah. They, they immediately destroyed that person. So. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And so is that vested interest within the Democratic Party or is that senior leadership in the Democrat? Or is it all the same? You know, it's the, the, the backers of the senior Democrats. Yeah, all the all the main people in the party, the Pelosi's and the Schumer's and the people who control the party, they they just don't want higher taxes. And they, you know, that's all it comes down to. They want to be able to keep all their money. Right. And they, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's really basic stuff. <laughs> I just I, I think back to that moment where um uh you know Rogan had Bernie Sanders on his show and it's like mm -hmm. Rogan came out of that saying oh you know I like him and I like his ideas and he's the only politician I think he can trust because he has not changed his position at any point yeah and I thought what a huge gift to the Democratic Party that this guy who has the ear <laughs> of the left and the right but predominantly young men on the right is saying hey I like Bernie Sanders, but that wasn't what they did. They ended up pointing to Rogan being a transphobe and this and that, and therefore Bernie <laughs> Sanders is a transphobe. And it's like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? That's the most popular <laughs> broadcaster on the planet is endorsing your guy. Yeah, they're not. They're not a very bright bunch. <laughs> I mean, that's just how they operate. They they don't want that guy to be president, and like that, that that was such a. That was such a no-brainer. Like, hey, Joe Rogan endorsed this guy. Like, all those meatheads are going to come on board. And whenever they put up his policies on Fox, on Fox, they stopped doing it because they'd be like, they want everyone to have medical medical care. They want everyone, and people would be like, oh, that actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. And they, it was same with AOC. They would put up all of the things she wanted, and then they would try to talk shit about it. And all the viewers are like, oh, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. So they stopped doing it. It's, it's just such a crazy thing to watch. You, you watch it play out and you're like, this is just insane. I mean, they, you know, Bernie Sanders is 
is poll wise the most popular politician in America and has been for about 10 years. And they keep t- everything they can do to squash him. And it's like, yeah, you can see the writing on the wall. If you don't mm. pick the most popular politicians, then you're going to get crushed at some point. Well, Dave, I think you're forgetting the fact that, yes, he is popular, but he shouts too much. I don't like the way he shouts. Why is <laughs> he, he points. He's a pointer. <laughs> why is, Can't have a pointer. Why is he so shouting? <laughs> I, I like my, I like my uh, politicians to be uh, uh, articulate and quietly spoken. <laughs> That's right. I yeah, no pointing, just a a quiet, quiet man. But it's we're a very we're a very politically illiterate country. We're just not very. There's no understanding of class and and economics, and it, it's just not there. So well, that's the interesting thing, though. Is I think you the mythology around America and, and what America has told themselves and the rest of the world, because, you know, I certainly believed it is this sort of exceptionalism and this, um, egalitarian society where it's like we rejected, uh, you know, the class system of the UK and it's like anyone can come here. It's a nation built by immigrants. And, you know, if you just put your nose to the grindstone, you can make it. And it's such a, well-sold message that it's permeated popular culture for you know at least a century you know in movies and music and television and stuff and you know i remember i was like oh yeah of course and then you get to america and you're like they're where on education (laughs) they're where on healthcare and it's like but wait a minute i i'm starting to because that's what I, i i i always find that the way an american will defend their individual liberty as being sacrosanct and more important than anything I'm always like, but you live in a society. <laughs> uh, without sounding yeah. like that Joker meme, it's like, yeah, I agree. You know, the 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 rights of the individual should be protected, but at the same time, there's certain things in which we agree on as being important and will, are better when we all decide to pitch in, like healthcare. Yeah, I mean, the whole freedom thing is the is like the key to the dumbness because. <laughs> In their minds, they can't they can't at all grasp the concept that capitalism might not lead to freedom. Mm. It might be something that constrains you every fucking day of your life. I think the younger generation gets that, but there's just a, a, a giant glut of people 40 and over that that can't they can't comprehend that that might be an issue that they're just being crushed and have no freedoms because of what it's essentially, I mean, we, I I would describe America now as living in, you're living in a legalized mafia society, right? It is, uh, if I, my health insurance is going to run out for uh, the writer's guild in December, guess how much I'll have to pay a month for my wife and my son and I, uh, well, how about we do a comparative um, so I have obviously the Medicare, which is like the public health system, but Gemma and I also have private health on top of that for Iona and, and the family. Uh, and we pay, uh, uh, this is includes, I think dental and optometrist. We pay $250 a month for private. Okay. Well, so this is no, this is no dental and no vision. Cause those are, I don't know if you're aware of this, but they're, t- they're uh, separate parts of the body. The things that are wetter. <laughs> Um, we don't, so eyes are like liquidy and a mouth is like, so those things we don't include in your body. Yeah. So those are not taken well, think, care well, of. Glove, rubber gloves are expensive, Dave. 
okay, so those are out. So it's the rest of the body that we're talking about. And there would be a 35 copay. So every time I go to the doctor, I pay $35. And um, a $500 deductible. So they don't start paying until I've paid $500 each year for each each family member has that deductible. Okay. Yeah. Now, guess how much that is a month? Uh, like 400 500 $2,400. A month? Yeah. A month. <laughs> for the same... For the same equivalent insurance I have now, yeah. And, and I could and, get a lot, and lot you, worse insurance that covers almost nothing and for have, much less. But you have to spend over 500 You have to have over $500 a month. Are you saying with a deductible, right? Uh, a year, a year, a year, 500 a year. Right, so. 500 a year. Oh, my so God. So once I get up there. That's like, that's rent for most people. <laughs> right. So so that's Obamacare. Um, it's a tax so if you're if you don't have a lot of money, the government will pay for it. But if you have a certain amount, I don't know what it is, seventy five hundred thousand dollars, then you have to pay for it. So it's essentially a tax on the middle class. That's what he set up. Right. And fascism, fascism comes when the middle class gets upset and starts getting squeezed. Yeah. Obamacare is a fucking disaster. Right. Um. So that's that's what I'm looking at, and I'm just enraged. I'm fucking. I'm enraged. And why do you think people are like, why is everyone so angry? Because that's everything in yeah. America. Here's the, like, go from that. So that's like the top. We have a gas stations. You can, you know, if you want to fill up the, the air in your tire, there's like a little thing at every gas station. Mm. And there's a coin, uh, like it's like a buck 50 for like, for like, uh, is I not want to say a, a minute and a half. Yeah. But if you go inside and just tell them to turn it on, they legally have to. So the government allows the gas stations to have what is essentially a, I'm going to trick you into paying it's money a, thing. Grift. Instead of just having a fucking button you can push to turn it on. That's literally our society from the top, from the filling up your tire all the way up to healthcare. Everything is a grift. I'm telling you, we live in a, in a, if the mafia was legal society, mm. these are all things the mafia would do. Mm. I think it's also like when you are not paying people a livable minimum wage, they have to I'll try and that. Make, they have to try and make money in other ways. Like I've always thought that in America, the tipping system is so bizarre and confusing like people tip in australia but it's not as i mean you've been here you know what it's like like you know you go to a restaurant or whatever you'll tip the waiter and you'll tip according to you know what you think it was worth but you know that that waiter was getting a, you know a fairly decent minimum wage 17 dollars an hour or 15 dollars an hour or you know bar staff up to 20 dollars an hour but then like i remember talking to a, an uber driver um about australia when i was in the states and he was saying uh yeah, you know, so I work nine to five, Monday to Friday. I drive Ubers in between work and I do catering on the weekends. And I was like, I, so I was like, yeah, but that, um, why is that? And it's like, well, you know, I've got Ugh. like health insurance and I've got to pay for this and I've got to pay for that. And I was like, yeah, but would you, I said, I, you know, where we come from, we pay more tax and that means we don't have to worry yes. about healthcare. We have a higher minimum wage so we don't have to work four jobs a week. Would you not? 
prefer that. And he's like, yeah, but freedom. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but your freedom. <laughs> you're choosing yeah, all your, don't, your free time because they to weren't, work. They weren't taught that that you can, that an economic system can crush your freedom. They, mm. they don't, they, they have no concept of it. And it's also, nobody that, realizes that, but it's also that kind of, you know, um, deifying or, or mythologizing of the working spirit. And, you know, uh, you pull yourself yeah. up by your bootstraps and, you know, you should work having a good, decent job, you know, it's, it's worthwhile. And if you work three jobs, that means you're three times as worthwhile. It's like, yeah, but that's, really not how it works i mean there's so many other countries like we uh have a finnish listener who listens to tofop and uh, we we just got us on this like rabbit hole of you know finland being rated one of the happiest places on earth and they have like yeah you know paid paternity uh, paternity leave they um have shortened hours experimenting with a four-day work week and productivity is through the roof yeah yeah, they in Iceland they they just cut the work week from five days to four days, and they have lost nothing as far as production. Mm. Everyone's happier and they're doing more. It, it's really it, it's just like the capitalists know that at the end of the day, it's if they keep you so busy and under the thumb and like that guy, right? That guy's working and doing all this stuff. Well, he can't, he can't take a breath or, or he doesn't have time to fight the system. Yeah. It's just a relentless grind for him. And he's never, that's why the, the pandemic has been so fascinating in America because America's fucking just completely falling apart mm. and not in the, and not in like the political sense thing, the workers are done right they all they all i mean you've worked on it you've worked on a show or a movie or whatever and then when you're done you're in it for you know whatever five months or whatever and you go god that was awful like i had a really terrible time i just didn't realize it because i was in it well all of these american workers all of a sudden we're working during the pandemic and they're like oh actually spending time with my kid is better or mm. hey i learned how to surf or i i got a mountain bike and i'm enjoying my life and i could never do that all these people have come to this realization that the american system fucking sucks mm. and they've all a lot of them figured out other ways to make money or just said it's not worth it it's not worth it to grind like that yeah to then pay the rent that i have to pay and i just downsized and so it's a fucking reckoning like the 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 business guys are losing their mind. Mm. They're losing their fucking minds because they, what's happening right now is they can't find people to, and this is every single business. They can't find people to fill the jobs. So the current workers they have, they're having them work brutally long, endless shifts. So, and the, and they stagger it. They're like, okay, you come in today from eight to 10 PM and then the next day, I want you to start at 4 a.m. And then you'll go 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then I want you back. At, and so they're like staggering these people to give them the least amount of time off. Jesus. And then those people are quitting because they can go find that job somewhere else. And so not only can they not find workers, but they're, it's a constant, fuck you, I'm not going to do this. Mm. There's, a great, there's all these great texts going on of people just quitting yeah, seen them. their yeah. jobs. And um, and it's really like they they've been controlling these workers for so long 
And now the workers are like, yeah, I have all the power. And America doesn't know how to deal with it. It's going to be fuck. It's going to get, it's really going to get crazy because the system is like grinding to a halt. Our, our supply chain is, is grinding to a halt because of it. And all these things are sort of seizing up. Yeah. Like, do you have empty, do you have empty shelves in your stores? Um, no, there has been some supply issues. It's not on the level that you, cause you guys literally have like freighter ships, like just floating outside of ports and stuff that they can't get in. Right. Cause you've only got like nine cranes working instead of the 50 and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Well, it's it's a whole it, it, again. It comes down to the American system. So there are there are truckers waiting to load up at the dock. Those truckers sometimes sit on the road for days because of the way the system works, and they've sort of gotten rid of the the company owning the trucks. They're all they're all like there's a middleman trucking company that hires the truckers. Mm. So they don't get paid till the till the load goes on their truck. Right. So they're sitting there for four or five days, and then after a while they go, "Fuck this." Yeah. So, There's only so the many time, street side hand jobs I can get. <laughs> <laughs> How many times can I get AIDS? <laughs> um. So that's a that's a thing, truckers. Whatever. So um. So. There's all these, these, you know, now there's all these containers. They don't know what to do with them. They're clogging yeah. everything up because they're empty. They can't, they, there's no time to put the empty ones back on ships and take them back to China. And, uh, and all these ships start clogging up because they, they can't get enough workers in there, unload everything. And there's all these guys out on ships. There's guys that have been out on those ships in Long Beach since May of 2020. There have been murders. Oh there have God. been suicides. It's like a fucking dystopian nightmare of guys on ships. And most of them aren't American. 90% of them are not American. So it's like a ship of a bunch of guys from Indonesia. They can't leave because they got to dump their, they got to dump everything on the boat on into America. America won't let them off the ship because they're not vaccinated. Oh my God. No one's getting the vaccines. So they're just fucking dudes out there going crazy. Wow. It's the most, it, it's like, it's all it's all fucked. It's like crazy fucked. And, there, and there, there's no real solution to that, isn't it? Because the longer it goes on, the more fucked it gets. You can't unfuck it. Right. You can't unfuck it. That's why people are, the people who watch supply chains are like, this is really, really bad. Because right. this thing can all of a sudden just seize. The other thing that's happening is since there's so few containers going back to China, and so few ships can get in. Now it's like it used to be five thousand to ship something over. Now it's twenty thousand. Right. And then on top of that, all the companies here in America, even if they don't have a shipping problem, they're just raising their prices and going, "Ah, it's a supply chain." Oh my god! I mean, because why miss the opportunity? <laughs> why miss what is on the brink of being a humanitarian crisis to make a buck? I mean, this is that's the, right. It's the air pump writ large. Pop a coin in to the shelf. If you want to take down that toilet paper, you need to put a dollar coin in there before you can get that's it down. Right. Oh my god, that is horrifying. I had no idea. I'd I'd read about the uh, supply issues over there. I wasn't sure how much was just the right beating up on on Joe Biden, but it's like a legitimate crisis. Look, Joe Biden. Who did he put in charge of the 
transportation. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete is only was only a candidate because he was gay. He didn't have anything else that he was. And a veteran. It wasn't like he was an amazing human being. And a veteran, a CIA agent. Um, was he was he? a mayor in a small town. He was a spook. Yeah, he's a CIA guy. He's a total spook. Yeah, right. Um, and and so he ran a small town, and he knew how to put in the fucking traffic lights at, at 4th and Delaney. But <laughs> now we're talking about getting trucks and ships and everything moving around the fucking country. He's completely in over his head. He is. He should not be in that position. The whole reason they put him in there was to try, try to get bullet trains all over the country. Like, they just didn't foresee which they should have because covid was already rampant like they mm. should have foreseen that this could be a problem and people have been talking about the supply chain issues for years this is just it's 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 all coming home to roost but it's it's a there's so many things when you get into start reading about it you're like wow this is just a complete fucking shit show yeah with no obvious solution none because the other thing is is all the companies like apple and all these companies they they stopped stocking warehouses a long time ago. So it comes from China. It gets off the boat. It goes straight to a customer. Right. There's no, there's no, we have supply in a warehouse. All the companies got rid of that because it was, it was a little bit more money to do. And now they have, you know, a bunch of them have nothing. They're just not making money. They have nothing to sell. Wow. I'm, I'm seeing like another revenue stream here for you, Dave. Can you make <laughs> Can you make can you make a motherboard computer a computer motherboard just uh, <laughs> with the stuff you've got around the house? You can just call it. It's not Apple. We'll just uh, we'll rebrand. We'll call it Peach uh, Peach Computers. <laughs> Dave's whipped up a an iPad uh, using sellotape and uh, a bit of glass from the window. Doesn't work. Oh and God! We'll cut you. Yeah, just but you know unless you can get some, an iPad for some, Christmas. Use Skittles for keys. It's all fine. I mean, I do love that, you know, that, that that's been the, of all, I mean, I wasn't aware that the crisis was that bad, but I have enjoyed that the Fox, the way they're framing it, because of course we're coming towards Christmas is that yeah. the Democrats are ruining Christmas. <laughs> it's yeah. like the most simplistic <laughs> take. Now that you've explained it in great detail, I'm like, oh, wow, this is a complex and very serious problem. But I, I, the, the takeaway from Fox News is your kid won't be getting an iPad for Christmas. <laughs> Because of Joe Biden. Because of Joe Biden. But it's, you know, it, as much as he's put Mayor Pete in charge and that's dumb. And, and well, like he came out, Biden's like, we got to get the porch running 24 seven. And it's like, you can't even find employees to run it for fucking eight. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, it's just also fucking dumb. But another thing that's wrong with it is some guy wrote this long article about the, the software system. If you order stuff from a factory in in China, then it goes to like the port in China and then it gets on a ship and then it goes to the port in America and then it goes to a hub and then it gets delivered. So the way the software is set up, you can't, you can't see like, where is my stuff starting at the factory? It's like, you only can pick it up when it gets to the, there's no tracking. You can't see beyond I was just reading and I was going, this is the craziest thing I've ever who would design such a fucked up system? What well, never mattered before because it was working. Yeah. And then, but then when there's a problem, all of a sudden everyone goes, "Oh wait, this doesn't work." But so you have to essentially they have to create new software for the entire supply chain system across the world. Wow. And try and almost, and they can't. Yeah. 
and they've got to try and retrofit it to all the stuff that's just sitting offshore as well because people are going to know where that is. Is many how much of that stuff is perishable, like food, things like that. I we're still getting food. Uh, you know, I'm in California, so I'm in a totally different boat. No, I, I haven't seen. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen. Like we make all the food, you know, California makes all the food, but I, I haven't seen any food issues yet, but food issues won't hit us. They'll hit like, like if there is a food problem, like a wheat problem or whatever, that's going to, you're going to see that in Mexico and Honduras because we won't ship it out. Right. So it'll hit them before it'll hit us. Yeah. In the grand but it's tradition. funny, I go to the store and I'm like, oh, I, oh, there's a nice tea brand I, I like, and oh, it hasn't been there for a month. Yeah, right. I haven't noticed that. Maybe Just I should be paying like more attention. <laughs> I haven't noticed any empty <laughs> shelves. But I have been living out of a suitcase for the last four months. I haven't really, I haven't really, been, right. I haven't really felt settled enough. No, everything has been new to me. Maybe it was just that's what I thought the store was. But I haven't. I don't think there we've had the same, we've had the same issues. But also because our vaccination rates are quite high now. And also we've had less spread. So I don't know that, you know, there is uh, to get those businesses right. up and running. And New South Wales, even though they went into lockdown, they did what was considered a soft lockdown or a softer. There's, I mean, that's the amazing thing to come out of these lockdowns is the parochialism between the states, between Victoria and New South Wales. Like no one seems to give a shit anymore about the actual public health message. It's more about your state fucked up. Our state's less fucked than your state. And so there's just <laughs> arguments back and forth. You know, Victorians felt like New South Wales didn't lock down fast enough and then infections came from New South Wales to Victoria, sending Victoria back into a lockdown. But now New South Wales seems to be coming out of the lockdown and Victoria, who went to a hard lockdown, are still getting high. Anyway, it's this whole kind of schmozzle. But New South Wales kept business kind of humming along, like what was deemed essential work was pretty uh, accommodating, apart from sort of hospitality or entertainment industry. The arts industry has been completely abandoned, like... Fuck you guys. They announced some rescue package yeah. that no one has seen any money from. <laughs> I saw a really great quote from some comedian down there that said, oh, so uh, the comedians always go out and do these huge benefits when anything happens. But when we need the money, we're just we get nothing. Nothing. When the when the bushfires happened collectively, I think like they put on benefit concerts you know, Celeste Barber on her own raised like $50 million. Like everyone pitched in. The government pledged, I think it was $2 billion or $4 billion to like help all these communities that have been devastated by wildfires rebuild. Do you know how much money they've allocated? Oh, God. Zero. Not one dollar has been allocated. That they made a big announcement. This is what Scott Morrison does. He loves to have a press conference, make a big announcement about what he's doing, and then actually do nothing at all. That sounds like Obama. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like you. Okay. It's just, it's just like, cause they don't value the arts. They don't care. No. They well, especially care. when it's a, a conservative party in power, because generally people in the arts vote left. And so they, they don't yeah. really feel an imperative to cultivate votes on the left side. And I mean, if a labor government ever gets back in, then, they are going to have a tremendous pressure on them to actually like the ABC being systematically defunded over the years. And just mm -hmm. like, it's insane because 20 years ago when it was a properly funded ABC, like it was a win-win because 
basically you had this well-funded uh, you know, a public broadcaster making like news and, and drama and comedy and all this kind of stuff. And then people would sort of be fostered there and then go off into the, you know, the private networks and, you know, get their careers. But it was like a, a training ground and it was this fairly balanced ecosystem of like a well-funded um, ABC then creates the next generation of journalists and entertainers that will go on and, and right. work in the private sector. But now that doesn't happen. And, and it's all because of Murdoch. Again, it comes back to Murdoch. They hate yeah. the idea of a free public broadcaster. Yeah. They want to be the only game in town. So they lobby the conservative governments to defund and just the constant attacks when every time they do any kind of like um, research into the ABC, they find that they're, the, the argument is always, well, they're left leaning. But I think it's not that they're left leaning. It's just that when you lean towards the truth, <laughs> the truth tends to lean yeah. left. No, you that's know? exactly right. Yeah, yeah, that, yes, that that's the same thing. That, that's the same thing that happened here. You know, they call it the liberal media, and you're like, well, it's it's just the facts. The facts tend to make you go, oh, we should, you know, help workers and blah blah blah. Yeah, well, the, it's, it's all Murdoch, man. It always comes back to Murdoch. I mean, I you you wonder like who's who's going to end up killing more people, Hitler or Murdoch? Yeah. And the weird thing is he's still alive. And that's the craziest part. Yeah. It's like, surely when you've got that much evil in your system, it should kill you. But it seems to have just made him stronger. <laughs> no, they always, they always keep going. They never stop. They never die. They just keep living. The evil ones, yeah, they don't. It's, they just always, how the fuck is Kissinger still alive? I don't know. I think it's when I think it's the killing of innocents. I think it's blanket bombing of <laughs> Vietnamese people. And it just it's like those cheap ass B movie horror films where it's like you consume a soul and it, and it just like gives you more power. <laughs> but you see photos of him and it's like he looks like Mr. Burns. He's just this kind of like little Yes. Like no blood is in that body. He's just I, I'm sure he just runs on tar or <laughs> something. And then the thing about his kids too is like Lachlan who, who lives in the States now, but sort of grew up in Australia. And I remember like my brother used to see Lachlan at like rave parties in the late nineties and early two thousands. And you really? know, he was like, yeah. And he was kind of, you know, there was rumors about maybe he's gay or not, but I think he was just kind of like a, you know, like most kids that generation just had like, you know, he had more liberal views, but he from all reports has gone more conservative than his father. So James, who's the older brother left. Oh my God. He left because yeah, he left, left the network enough's enough. But it feels like Lachlan is like, all right, you thought you thought my dad was tough. I'm going to go even harder. And it's like, what the fuck, Lachlan? You were uh. you, you were the chosen <laughs> one. You were meant to be like the, he's the Anakin Skywalker. And it's just like, no, no, he just wants to keep the business running. So, you know, the, the amazing thing too is the way like they are a foreign entity who were let into the United States and then the damage they've done to the United States. And no yeah. one seems to... Like Americans get pretty uh, get pretty huffy when a foreign entity comes in and fucks with their shit, except uh, Murdoch. Somehow he's got away with it. It's it's really amazing. Like this, the, yeah. I mean, if there's one foreigner we should be mad at, it's him. He gets a pass. It's just a hundred percent pass. Money. The Democrats have never, they never have never uh, villainized him enough, and they should have. Yeah, it was too late now because he owns everything. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Well, uh, this podcast is also over. <laughs> Sorry to leave people on such a depressing <laughs> note. And if you're wait if you're living in the states and you're waiting for the delivery of an iPad, well, uh, hopefully that that that's uh, educated you as wise. You might be waiting a little bit longer. <laughs> Holy shit! Or 
Or a car. Nobody can get cars. Nobody can get cars. We should walk anyway. We need to bring the CO2 levels down. <laughs> uh, but Dave, let's make this uh, Shaker series. I'm, I'm all over it. Uh, we just need to find a producer. We need to locate some of the best yeah. Shakers online. And let's just picture <laughs> cameras on them 24-7. Yeah, really <laughs> Stay in the shake. Yes, we really do. We really do. <laughs> thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank <laughs> you.